0: Hello and welcome to Heroes One Hundred and One, the Nexus Raiders podcast. I'm Commander Chu,
1: and I am Heroes also
0: Nick. We're here to talk about one of my favorite heroes in
1: the game, Vala. Today, we're going to be going over playstyle, tips and tricks, when to draft her, uh, talent options for rolling the team, and maybe some specific maps uh, that you might find her to be extra strong. But before we do that. I just want to give a quick shout out to our producers and the rest of our patrons for making this coaching series possible. Um, you're all the absolute best, and be sure to check your emails because we'll be sending you the full MP3 of this session, uh, as well as a link to, uh, a private link to the video. Uh, yeah. And those producers are Calvin Chu, uh, in the flesh, Brad Falk, <laughs> at Eric Talent Jr., um, myself, Nick Barnhart, and uh, Michael Malia. So thanks again so much. You know, we're out here trying to uh, just help everyone out, no one wants the game alone. So, That being said, maybe we're going to just jump right into things. Uh, Vala, gotta love her. Um, like I said, one of my favorite all-around heroes. Uh, brings a lot to the table, and um, it's really important that she's played correctly to maximize value, and that's, I guess, what we're going to be talking about today. So, things to know about Vala, just in a general sense, is obviously ranged auto-attack champion. Um, that comes into really a lot of its own unique kind of mechanics. Um, maybe you come from different MOBAs where, uh, like for instance, League of Legends comes to mind, you know, auto attack damage is really the main source of damage, maybe with like a poke or a nuke. Val kind of feels a lot like that. Um, she really seems like a true classic ADC from the MOBA genre. And um, when, if you really kind of capsulate those mechanics, or blocking as it was called... Uh, Dota. Uh, I guess now it's just called a set stepping or stutter stepping. You know, making sure that you utilize her innate movement speed buffs and her very strong attack damage. I think you'll find that she can be very mobile, great at kiting, and she can keep a lot of sustained damage. You know, the longer the fights draw out, and um, she's got a nice kit to uh, allow her to throw up some burst damage uh, into the fight as well. So she's really a well-rounded hero. Um, not a lot of glaring weaknesses, uh, and so that's probably one of the reasons why I like her a lot. So that's just the initial Vala
0: summary. Yeah. I, I guess we can start the discussion off with uh, what maps do you think Vala excels at? Like, Where should you be picking her? Where should you be drafting her uh, based on the different map objectives and how the different maps are played?
1: Right. So I guess like on the surface, the map that jumps out at you for a map that Vala will really excel is uh, Battlefield of Eternity. Because uh, involved in Battlefield of Eternity is obviously you're going to be putting a lot of sustained damage. On the Immortal, where you know a, a character like KT will get his damage out with a you know a convection and a bomb, and then he's waiting on cooldowns. The entire time a fight's happening, Bala is able to auto attack, and in fact, she's getting stronger with her hatred stacks. So the longer a, th- a fight actually draws out, the total damage done is going to favor a character like Bala or a Jim Raynor um, because they're not waiting for cooldowns; they're able to actually just continually do damage, and in this case, it's going to be to the Immortal. Um, and, you know, you're going to be racing against the other team. Or, you know, a lot of times teams are kind of trading back and forth uh, while they you know position, uh, you know, to attack or defend the other Immortal or defend their own, I should say. So the longer these fights draw out, uh, the more value Vala gets, just being able to just constantly uh, poke and auto-attack. So that's a, a great example. Um, she's got under, I think she's a little underrated with her wave clear, so she you might get a lot of value with Vala uh, on practice holdout as well. Uh, she can help you clear the enemy Zerg, as well as, like I said, you know, the teams, go, you know, kind of like similar to Battlefield of Trinity, the teams fight for those beacons of practice holdout. You know, it's a long, drawn out process. Sometimes, you know, you can get 10, 15 minutes into a game before the first Zerg wave comes out uh, when teams are really competitive. And uh, that's what you want if you're battle. You want those long, drawn out engagements. And, uh, she has the mobility then to follow up. You know, you kind of sit there and you're poking, you're trading, you're trading. Maybe someone gets lower out of position and she's got a great kit to maybe vault in and throw out a multi shot, throw out a hungering arrow, and uh, maybe get a pick. And that's you know where she shines. So I guess her standout maps stand then would be Battlefield of the Eternity and Breakfast Holdout for me.
0: Yeah, so I'm hearing a lot of uh, Volus Gray for putting out some sustained damage. Um, and she's also a pretty mobile hero. How would you say she compares to. Uh, for example, a Greymane, uh, you, you mentioned Rainer earlier, Tracer, and uh, Zul'jin. So how, how would you put Vala in that ladder? Where does she fit? Where does she do better than some of those heroes? Or where does she lack in some areas that maybe you should try out some of the other heroes? Yeah, that's, that's
1: great. You know, Greymane, uh, equally awesome auto attack damage. However, you're usually going to try to engage and get up close with Greymane and really just melt someone very fast, and then get out, right? Uh, With Greymane, you know, you really don't want the fight to just be sitting there while you're waiting for your uh, Nan's last cooldown to hopefully get some poke damage in if it's not quite safe for you to engage. Uh, Greymane's obviously a very challenging hero to play correctly, and uh, so Vala, a little more forgiving, I think, because um, she... We'll get into builds here in a little bit, but you know, a lot of people like to build her in a burst situation where she can burst, similar to Gramine, but she does it from range, and uh, she's also got that innate movement speed I mentioned with hot, you know, with her uh, hatred stacks and hot pursuit. So she's really able to fulfill a lot of those roles, like Gramine, with the burst damage and the sustained damage on objectives, or maybe for the front line if you need to bring a tank down. And what she does that maybe Zuljin doesn't do. Uh, who's also obviously very auto attack dependent, or even Raynor for that matter, is uh, she just brings that mobility into the fight. You know, Raynor doesn't quote unquote have mobility. He just kind of pushes people away um, with his Q, and uh, Zul'jin has no crowd control really at all, other than maybe if he lands an axe, he'll slow you 15%, and if he's really lucky, he'll get you a two. And uh, so you know those characters. Jim's pretty pretty straightforward and easy to play, but Jin you're gonna have to really position well. And uh, if he's allowed to do what he does, he'll put out a lot of damage. But you know, val will be able to do that damage, I think, easier from a further range and with uh, you know in more relative safety. And so um, Vala just she really is an all-around awesome hero. And we may get into some of her drawbacks. Obviously, uh, I'm personally biased, as we all know. I guess. I might be considered the resident Nexus Raiders Vala main, but uh, you know she's she's obviously awesome, and, and uh, it's you know it's pretty pretty I guess generic or whatever you want to say to say you're a Vala main, and that is shown I think in top tier play. Um, go to gamers.net, they keep statistics of professional play uh, for all regions: Korea, North America, Europe, and uh, other than Malfurion, Vala is the second most picked hero in professional play. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, now, maybe she's not the most contested, you know. so you're going to often see maybe some bans come out, but uh, I think that a lot of professional players like what she brings to the table. I think she's replaced Lee Ming from maybe a couple seasons ago. She's replaced that just like constant, safe, steady damage, and she does it in a way that you know I prefer because it feels a little more at home to me because I like that ADC mechanic play style. And um, just, I guess... Like if we we're talking about how she compares to other ADCs, you know, what she what she really just where she shines is really just mobility, be able to poke from safety, and um, there's really not a lot of auto attack damage characters in the game right now that can that can match her
0: uh, in, in really any of those categories. Right. So since we are you know talking about other heroes and like how Vala like fits into a lot of situations, really, like because she's so uh, flexible, I guess you could say. Uh, why don't sure. we talk about some drafting scenarios and uh, maybe some team compositions? So, when would you say Vala should be picked for a specific comp? Because, for example, last week uh, I went over Rhaegar, You know, I said Rhaegar works really well with double warrior comps. Uh, where do you find that Vala really excels in?
1: Well, uh, at the professional level, and obviously we're all, we're not professionals you know, per se, and we're just out of your plan to have a good time. But I think she's utilized most effectively, almost opposite to Rhaegar, in a double support comp. You'll often see her run with Tassadar Oriol, or, Az- or Zarya, if you want to consider So So Zarya's kind of in that weird bruiser support role. Usually you'll see Vala with a double support. Um, and that is because if you give her even just a slight edge, like maybe it's a Zarya Shield, maybe it's a Tassadar Shield, maybe it's you know just knowing that Oriole can heal for essentially free with the energy she gives. Bala can outtrade any any hero in the game, any hero in the game. Nobody can trade with Vala if She's got a Tassadar Shield or she's got a dedicated support. Um, she like she's already forgiving without a support, and then you throw in a, a basically a ba- you know quote unquote babysitter to follow her around the map, and she can really just be a bully. And uh, so uh, that said. If it's a, you know, if you're playing well and you're sharp, you can keep yourself alive. So you maybe not like with a hammer. A hammer you're going to want maybe a double bruiser. You're going to want some peel. You're going to want someone to keep you alive. I think you can get away with a single tank, double support, uh, and then a ball up. And then you can throw in whatever you want uh, for that uh, fifth slot, be it another ranged or whatever you need. Um, many, many comps I have her as the only range damage in the comp, and I don't think that's a disadvantage. I think she does plenty of range damage. Uh, And again, they're they're going to be taking double supports and shields. What they're going to be doing in that situation is extending the fights, right? You know, if you're taking extra sustain, if you're taking extra shielding, that's, you know, that character could be a character that's bursting the enemy team. So you're trading off burst. You're no longer trying to blow up the enemy team because now you're trying to keep your Vela alive and let her do what she does and excel in areas where she's really strong.
0: Right, so I guess to say what I'm hearing is that... um you want to kind of survive through maybe the enemy's burst, and just allow the team fights to extend longer and longer and get even more value from Valla because she can put up so much uh, damage over time. Yeah,
1: and what that really looks the, like uh, in real in real term, like I don't have necessarily have like video clips that I can play in this situation, but you just got to imagine a situation where the enemy team enemy tank is diving you and, and they're trying to blow this Valla up, but she's got the shield. Maybe she's got some good. She lands a good vault she escapes. What she's doing now is the tank is sh- has to choose to either head back to his team, all the while Vala's getting poked damage because she's a she's, you know, stepping and uh, while the tank retreats, or the tank's going to commit and stretch their team out, and Vala is underrated in her ability to just whittle away uh, high HP, high armor tanks like Johanna, like ETC, like Muradin, you know, and that the key is, and where I think a lot of teams if you make a mistake is, you know, the enemy team's tank will engage hard on Vala, And they'll think, well, we need to engage on the enemy team as well. So that kind of spreads the floor. But remember with a Vala comp and the way you want to play it, if maybe you're playing with a team and you have that Vala, is you really want to let the enemy team stretch themselves. Let the Vala really kind of melt down that front line. I know that it's, um, I don't want to say like bronze, silver, gold, but at at lower uh, ELO or just maybe... more casual setting people will say you know don't focus the tank why are you focusing the tank you know like we'll never win a fight but in truth if you're vala and you want to position safely uh you're going to be focusing that tank most of the time now so the times where you're not focusing the tank are going to be when you a see a pick or b maybe see like i said it's somebody else out of position on their team or you know you're gonna you're able to poke the back line with your w um relatively easily anyways and she does have a vault but you're almost always going to want to keep that vault to escape not engage so uh it's, sometimes it's maybe not as exciting in the middle of, like, when a team fight's happening and everyone's kind of jockeying for position and it looks like the action's about to start and you, maybe you see, like, a leaning Li in the backline and you're like, man, I'd really like to blow her up, but there's a Johanna between you and that Lee Ming or, uh, you know, whoever it is. Don't not be afraid to focus the tank with Vala and that may frustrate some people on your team. They're saying, why are you focusing the tank? Because what they've done then is they've gone for that Lee They've put themselves out of position when your team has a better ability to bring down the enemy team's tank. Uh, and if they would just maybe play safe and let the fights draw out, which is kind of, I guess, the theme of how we like to play Vala, if you just let these fights draw out and not hard engage just because the enemy team's hard engaging, you know, they're diving all in, well, your is going to vault backwards to stay alive, and now you're, maybe you're a Thrall, and you're like, well, I'm going to go dive with the enemy team, and then you die, and you go, wow, Vala, you didn't follow up, you know, you were focusing the ETC, whereas as Thrall, you could have just been hanging back, throwing out chain lightnings, maybe throw a wolf to further stretch out their team and let that Vala burn down that ETC, for instance. And then it's a 5v4 you follow up. And um, I think it's a, a common misconception to think that fights need to end quickly in the game, uh, especially at the lower levels when the when the death timers are so short. You really just can make them extend out for so long. Take Infernal Shrines, for instance. You know, Vala really shines on that map as well. I'll throw that into the mix, too. Her W with ten stacks of hatred and punishment can insta clear skellies, and uh, she's able to clear and remain uh, a damage presence on the shrine when she doesn't have to tap for mana. You know, uh, we'll get into talent picks I think here in a little bit, but uh, that's one of the other things that Valor really brings to the table is sustain, uh, not just damage but also mana, not having to tap. Um, and
0: that's huge, right? That's huge. Right. So, you, would you say that people should really Remember that she is sustained based damage while she can put out burst damage People should remember to utilize her ability to put out damage over time and just allow Team fights to draw out don't rush don't dive because she works right. very well in a Protect as a certain zone or defend a zone comp or fight absolutely
1: style. absolutely it, and um, especially because uh, like I said, your other enemy team, they're going to be looking to engage. They're going to see a Vala, they're going to, you know, it's like a Matador with a red cape. They're like, we got to go for that Vala, that nice red hood. It just triggers them. They're going to charge you. You know it's going to happen. If your team kind of keeps it, takes a deep breath and just kind of lets that, extend the play and lets the, the team kind of space out, I think that really favors the Vala team in a lot of those
0: engagements. Okay. Definitely. Um, so, you know, let, let's go right into Talents and uh, Talents as well as how you should be utilizing her abilities, for example.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, um, Vela is uh, a character who, you know, according to cox Logs, has some diversity. Uh, I think in, as it plays out in my experience, that diversity is not really there. Uh, there's really only two ways you're gonna build her. Technically three, you know, maybe it's gonna be like 75% her uh, multi-shot build. Maybe it's like 15% her Q build. And then, if you're going up against a Chogall with another, uh, As- you know, if you're going up against Chogall Asmodon, you might see an auto attack build with a Manticore. So, and we'll we'll, we'll break into that kind of uh, tier by tier here shortly. But that's just the overall theme of valid the builds. And so, um, so basically, a Hungry Arrow per Q skill shot line, you know, it attacks, you know, it hits the first enemy that it that it meets, and then if there's a hero nearby. Uh, or if the enemy is a hero it'll just stay bouncing on heroes but you can hit a creep and then it will search for a hero with the other two bounces of the hungry arrow uh, multi-shot just a cone of aoe damage um pretty straightforward uh cooldowns around 12 seconds i think and then uh her e is going to be a vault kind of her mobility move um one of the things that really makes her shine not only is it great mobility relatively low cooldown but it busts your next auto attack to make it essentially a nukes damage, right? So, like, your, your next auto-attack after you E is just like you landed a Q, and um, a lot of people don't, you know, maybe they forget about that, or they'll E to, to safety, and they'll forget to throw out a quick auto-attack before they run back to fountain, for instance. Like, throw that out, that's a big damage boost, you know, utilize that vault. And then her alts, uh, Strafe, which is a channeled spell, it kind of, like, shoots everyone around her. I think there's a cap on the targets, so might be five. Um, and then Reign of Vengeance, her, like... At least seventy percent of the time, people take Rain of Vengeance, um, that goes, that that's conducive with her usual build. I think in a way that uh, I'll explain here. So, Reign of Vengeance has two charges. It's just an AOE in front of you, stun, um, and what it allows you to do is continue to auto attack. Right? You got those hatred stacks. You're fast. You're mobile. You're 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 weaving in and out of a fight. You're looking for shots, and you know if you activate straight, you're really committed. You know, you, uh, if Avella activate strafe on the enemy team, you can essentially say, okay, everyone focus, on up, because she's not going to be retreating. She doesn't want to waste her Alt. Naturally, she's going to want to get aggressive. Um, I like rain. You can throw out a, a charge. You don't have to use both charges. You know, they changed that, uh, you know, now a while back now. Um, they made it to where you used to just cast both both charges when you activated it. Now you get to save one, so you can be a little more discretionary about, I'm going to throw a rain out, uh, maybe try to anticipate a mosh pit or um you know get into that's kind of like some high level thing you gotta feel for that you know um how to best use your reign of vengeance but those kind of her basic skills her skill set and what and but you can't talk about Valor without then diving into her trade, which is amazing um each shot gives you a stack of hatred each time you land an auto attack and that's not just on enemy minions it's not just on enemy heroes you can hit enemy forts you can hit enemy walls which i cannot tell you how many times I'm trying to keep hatred stacks up, and my team, for whatever reason, is like, I'll just blow up this wall, and it's like, whoa, guys, let me do that, please. And, you know, because it's very important that, in in order to maximize that hatred, I always take hot pursuit for the first of all. so you have 10% movement speed buff all the time, and then, uh, also it gives you at least, you know, a huge damage boost on your auto attacks. Um, and then Bala has inner talents that we're going to about to go over, you know, various talents that increase her effectiveness based on how many stacks of hatred she has. So a lot of the Vala play, you know, throughout the game, you know, you're just kind of like what it's like constantly to play a Vala is going to be hatred management, trying to keep your stacks up, but doing it in a safe way. Because I play so much Vala that when I'm playing against a Vala, I can, you know, in, in the same way that you can anticipate maybe landing a nuke when you see an enemy player going for a regen orb maybe you're going to throw out a nuke, like, wow, they're going to go for that orb, I'm going to anticipate that and throw out a, you know, a KT Convection, right? So in the same way, you can anticipate a Vala trying to keep her hatred stacks up, and use that against her, because it does put her out of position sometimes, and uh, a mistake that a lot of Vala players make is in order to keep their hatred stacks up, they put themselves out of position, so it's another thing to look out for. Um, Now that we've kind of gone over her kit, I think maybe we can dive into some of her talents, and... uh, this should go pretty quick because, like I said, she pretty much has, like, the you know, a very strong build that, you know, in certain situations you can pull out a different build, but we're going to basically focus on the one I often run, which is her multi-shot build. So at, at level one, uh, her first talent... Um, Monster Hunter buffs the Q. That's great on Battlefield of Eternity. It allows her to maybe burn down objectives. You can also use it on Garden of Terror. You can also use it just on, you know, Haunted Minds. Any map where you're going to be building, uh, burning down, a, you know, a boss often, um, it's pretty awesome. And even if you're going to stick with the regular W build, you can even take Q at level one and just you know, continue on with your W build. However, what you forfeit if you do that is, in my opinion, above and beyond the strongest talent at this tier is Hot Pursuit, and Hopper pursuit just to kind of give you a rundown um we'll have the tool tip up right here yeah just max hatred increases your movement speed and your mana regeneration so i think it's a 10 percent movement speed buff up top of my head i don't have pots pulled up but uh and the mana regen uh you can feel it like you know you know vala can be a very mana hungry hero and you have to manage it really well unless you're able to keep those hatred stacks up and uh, it really allows her to stay in the fight in a way that, you know, a lot of ADC or other uh, damage carries really just can't do. Um, especially after they got, they've got through all their cooldowns. You know, they throw out all their spells, and then maybe they maybe they do that one uh, one more time, and then they're, they're out of mana. So Val is able to sit there and constantly, just about, as long as it takes her cooldowns to come off cooldown, if she has 10 stacks of hatred, she'll have the mana to cast another set of spells. And that is just... So OP, I can't even go into it. <laughs> now, some people like to go you know, caltrops at level 1. Uh, it's kind of just like a... Um, you know, it uh, empowers your vault, and it gives you a little more mobility. It lowers a cooldown on vault. Uh, the vault uses a lot of mana, first of all. And um, so I really like to save that vault. Uh, it's kind of like... There's certain characters where they have a move, like Malfurion, for instance. Yeah, you you always wanna land a root. But if you're just sitting in lane, moon firing creeps, and you see you know the I mean, you throw out a root, like you can cast a like a, two regrowths for the co- for the mana cost of one entangling roots. So even if you land that entangling roots, then you know, sometimes the vault, uh, you wanna save that mana and use it for your multi-shot or keep essentially
0: where I'm going with that. <laughs> right. It's like uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right.
1: And that's, yeah, and that's not necessarily on 101, that's just kind of like mana management in Mobus, right? So just knowing, like, uh, Mouth players out there, I see you guys throwing out Roots left and right, and it irks me a little bit, because as an ADC, how could be using that mana as a heal? Let me just let you know. Anytime a Mouth's out of mana, I'm like, I saw you throw, like, three Entangling Roots out. Like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so, that's just something to think about um, at level 1. Usually I go Hot Pursuit. Hot Logs here says 61.5% players take Hot Pursuit. Um, and that's by no means, you know, the Bible on Valid, but I think it shows that a lot of people agree with me that Hot Pursuit is the best talent at that tier. Jumping really quick into the level 4 tier, Puncturing Arrow, um, it just kind of it makes Q stronger. More damage, you know, it's kind of just that Q build, you gotta do it. it, it you know, the Q build has singular purpose. If it's um, a situation where, I'm trying to think about the best way to describe this, so Q build is great for single target damage and being able to throw out Qs and have to like if they have a team that's going to be diving you a lot and you're going to have a hard time staying in the fight, you don't want you don't think you're going to be able to keep your hatred stacks up because Q does not is not based on hatred stacks. Q does that damage and then you'll you'll take it seven uh, repeating arrow. Um, so and then it's great for battle, it's great for burning down objectives too. You'll synergize with Monster Hunter at level one, and um, you know Q build can do some damage. But to me, I like the AoE from multi shot. I like I like a little bit different play style, you know. And I'll get into why I think that, that is the case here in a little bit. Um, in my opinion, the above and be all best talent at this tier is is punishment. Um, it increases the damage of multi shot based on how many hatred stacks you have. And you know, so I've harped on how important it is keeping those hatred stacks up. Uh, the difference is felt, is is tangible. If you just throw out a W on a creep wave, and you take maybe half their health, great. But if you have ten hatred stacks, you just clear that creep wave in one multi shot. So um, it's really nice. And uh, when you take Arsenal at level seven, it uh, just that much more damage from your multi shot. You're spamming it. You've you've actually lowered the cooldown on your multi shot by taking Arsenal. But before we get on to level seven. The last one is Creed of the Hunter, now that's that auto attack build we were talking about. Uh, landing auto attacks increases your attack speed permanently, and when you get to 100, it's like a flat buff, and it's nice! Don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's nice. That extra attack speed is really, really sharp. Um, oftentimes, I, I, if I don't I don't take Creed of the Hunter, and I try to make up for that if I can, uh, at level 20. And we'll see why here in a little while. But, um, jumping into level 7, Arsenal is, is one of the better moves that Vela has, uh, it lowers the cooldown on multishot, which is her primary damage-dealing ability, and uh, it just adds that much more damage to multishot. It throws out three grenades, and for each hero hit, you reduce the cooldown of multishot. And uh, in those fights, multishot is so much. Like, uh, a 10-stack Hatred multishot with arsenal grenade proc on a, a, a damage carry is at least half her health with one W, and and then you lower the cooldown down to maybe eight seconds, and like nobody can stay in a fight with Bella for very long. Uh, Death Dealer is sometimes the talent I'll take other than Arsenal. Uh, that just empowers your um, vault, basic attack. The, the basic attack that follows your Vault empowers it that much more, and it really starts to feel like a new Q. Obviously, if you're taking Caltrop's level 1, you're going to take Death Dealer, um, and you're really going to focus maybe on that auto-attack build. And then another thing to note is kind of like the Kerrigan Q talent that resets the cooldown. I don't know if that's a talent or if it's built into her kit, but, um, if the if the minion dies after you auto attack with vault, uh, the cooldown is is removed and you can vault again. It's kind of nice. Uh, so it can lead to maybe some cool plays: vault in, snag a kill; vault in, snag a kill. Obviously, that would be a cool to thing to, to create. But I, you know, that's kind of situational versus the all around effectiveness of arsenal can be denied.
0: All right, um, and uh, you did go over the heroics earlier, right? Kind yeah, of, and that's, yeah. yeah, that's, we did go over the heroics already. Right. Um, yeah, as I was to say, we are, we are at the halfway point of this episode. So if you're watching live on Twitch, we're going to continue on in just a moment. But for those of you watching on YouTube, if you want access to the full hour session, just head over to patreon.com slash Nexus All of our patrons, regardless regardless of pledge tier, get access to these Heroes 101 series sessions. So be sure to become a patron if you haven't uh, done so already. Um, you no, it's just a great way to give back to the community and just so it'll allow us to continue providing value, doing what we do, running Nexus Raiders, and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so everyone live, stay tuned. We're going to continue on. Um, everyone who's not watching live, um, become a patron. And for those of you who are patrons who are about to continue watching the full episode, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. We appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate it, guys. I can't thank you enough. And uh, we're about to get into the nitty-gritty here. So you're going to want to catch the end of this Vala 101. Hello and welcome back. I'm sorry for this small break. I mean, for you, it was just a couple seconds. But uh, I actually had a quick emergency. I had to go run and do that. But uh, Hero and I are back. Uh, We're going to finish up this Vala Heroes 101 series, uh, continuing on her talent discussion, as well as how to best utilize her in a competitive setting um so if you're watching this it means you are a patron or you're watching this recording played live on the stream um but thanks thanks for being here and uh let's not waste any more time uh here not we go to our level 13 talents for follow
1: yep let's just jump right back in here um so um most of my talent choices are going to assume that we've taken reign of vengeance uh reign of vengeance is simply just Allows her to keep auto attacking, and that's pretty much what the build is. is going to be sustained damage without attacking, kind of like we're going to we're diving kind of back into this. Um, and so really the really only time we're going to take strafe briefly is if you're going to go Q build, you'll throw you'll Q, throw out a vault, throw out your other Q, and then you're pretty much maybe you're obviously going to throw out a multi shot, but then you're going to start your strafe, right? And then you're going to be strafing while you cool down to readjust. But that's pretty much the only viable time I think to take strafe. Otherwise, yeah, you force yourself out of position, and uh, yeah, range just what we're going to be having for most of these. So 13 is where you see a little bit of diversity. If you're having trouble staying alive, and maybe you're going up against like a KT or even just somebody with just like some really good targeted burst, um, some people will suggest that you take Gloom, and I totally understand it. And taking Gloom is never necessarily a horrible choice. Um, and that's really important. So what Gloom does is it consumes Hatred, uh, granting three spell armor per Hatred consumed for five seconds. So if you have 10, obviously that's 30% reduction. It passively adds 20 spell armor, so you'll have a total of 50% spell damage reduction, and that's pretty good and uh you know there's really nothing wrong with that especially if it's if you time it well and you see a kt convection blowing up meanwhile someone else is casting a spell you can really mitigate a lot of damage so i don't want to discount gloom although 95 percent of the game i feel like if you're really solid with your positioning and you're anticipating the enemy focusing you um you really shouldn't get hit by skill shots val has got that movement speed buff from hot pursuit and um everyone gets hit by skill shots nobody is perfect but Truly, Gloom is really only effective if you do get hit. And that's one of the things I don't like about the talent, is it's kind of like, to get maximum effectiveness, you have to put yourself in danger. So I'm personally a fan of Tempered by Discipline, and 25% of the damage dealt Lifesteal is really strong for a character like Vala, because she has such a high attack speed, and just a high auto attack damage, period. Um, And oftentimes you'll have Vala synergizing with somebody like Tassadar, so you'll have stacking Lifesteal on hit, or just in general it gives her just a lot of sustain and ability to trade well and she's already a pretty decent trade uh trader so to speak um the All other right. talent at 13 will be siphoning arrow uh just it's another kind of like heal you for the damage dealt on your q obviously you're only going to take that if you've gone q build so just 70 percent of damage dealt you're doing that so just to recap take tempered by discipline love that life sustain people are going to get aggressive on you and not and realize themselves how is this vala still alive her health is not going down uh, and it's pretty awesome actually. Right. So jumping yeah, right well,
0: into sixteen. Hold on, I'm just gonna add on to that actually really quick. Sure. So giving that lifesteal to Vala is essentially making her like a ranged Illidan almost. Except you yes. do more damage and mm-hmm. you have really fast auto attack speed and you just have that mobility. And since Vala is ranged, you're able to really get the most out of that lifesteal by positioning yourself well. Like you can even like hit the tanks, for example. I know we mentioned it uh at in the first time somewhere, like, you know, if you got that Johanna, that's just in the front, you can burn down a Johanna pretty quickly, actually, with Vala. Um, right. And if you right. do take some yeah. damage, you'll be able to heal yourself, free up your support to heal the front line, and it just makes Vala a much more competitive pick.
1: Yeah, oftentimes, especially when there's like a lull in a fight, and then we've, I remember from the first half, we were discussing kind of how you just want to draw out these team fights. So oftentimes that means that there'll be creeps in lane. And even if, like, if they're at that weird spot where two teams are kind of jockeying and no one's really hard engaging, if that Vala, I, I have to find myself telling my team, hey, don't clear the creeps. Or I'll say, hey, don't, um, this is kind of a little volatile, don't hit the walls by most uh, towers because damage you do to creeps and walls, obviously, you know, you're getting lifesteal for that. And it, 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 sometimes it even forces them to make a, uh, a fight or force an engage when maybe they don't want to because they're going to realize Vala's just healing for free. And a lot of people want to stop that. So um, just something to keep in mind, you know, that's... Uh, you know When Illidan dives in, he's got that life steal. you got to CC him. And then once you've CC'd him, he's usually in range of all your spells and abilities and that much easier to blow up. But um, when you CC Vala, she's usually positioned in the back lane. She's pretty hard to punish. And she'll probably just start auto-attacking you again once the stun's done. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, j- jumping into 16... Um, you know personally i was watching twitch one day scsc was playing and he plays for l5 ballistics whatever their name is these days he's a alamein he's widely considered one of the best in the world and uh he's korean and he i guess knows enough english because the chat was full of korean speak and he was playing infernal shrines and i asked him um about death dealer at seven i just put something in there maybe he'll see it and his, his response to me essentially with whatever talent question i asked him was w build always and that was interesting to me. Maybe he's used to just playing with his team, or he's used to playing like with, in whatever situation. So that may, of course, not be true to every person in every situation. But uh, it really, it takes a what I, what I think what he means is it takes a very specific set of circumstances to deviate from the traditional valid W build. And for that reason, the best talent at 16 is frost shot. Um, it increases range and has a slow, so it allows you to kite even more effectively and/or chase people down. Uh, you know, if you slow, so multi shot um, increases the range by 20% and it slows by 25%. And you already have a 10% flat movement speed buff from hot pursuit. Um, that means that you'll essentially be 35% faster than your enemies after you hit them with your thrush, uh multi shot. And with Arsenal, obviously, that cooldown's coming off that much faster. And you, at this point of the game, by 16. Uh, you really get to that point where the squishy backline, if if you land a Q and then a multi shot, even with no auto attacks, that's half their health. So you throw in an auto attack and then maybe vault in for a, a, you know a, an auto attack for burst. And most backline, if you land a combo on them, will be very low, have to leave the fight, force the support, the enemy support to burn their mana. Um, and I think shot sets a lot of that up. Not to mention you can use it as an escape. Being able to, uh, the range just is so. It, it doesn't seem like much when you hear twenty percent. But when you see it in-game and you start to to use it, you realize, like, you can throw out a W, and then with the slow, if you get a max range, have enough time to mount up
0: and run away, and not a lot of heroes can do that. Right, Um, and if you think about it, her range on her W is already quite large. 20% on that range is a significant amount. You're basically adding a fifth of itself. It's really a huge addition, and that slow is one of the best things about taking that talent, because it adds some form of crowd control whether you're trying to close the gap, or you're trying to escape, or help an ally to escape, um, it's just a lot of utility that adds to Vala, whose main role is damage. Yeah, add utility on top of that, it just makes her like, a really strong contender. You're right, and it falls into the category of, of uh, like point, almost like point and click
1: crowd control. Which there's not a ton of that in the game, to be fair. Like most crowd control in the game requires you to land a skill shot, and uh, increasing it's not just like an increased distance; it's increased width as well. So this frost shot becomes a huge cone in front of Vala, and she slows everybody. It's an AoE slow that you essentially can't miss. I mean, that's it's really hard to undersell the value of frost shot. That being said. Um, If I find myself in a game against, um, like, a double tank, especially with high HP, or even, like, sometimes you'll see, like, two tanks, and then, like, an Asmodon, or, like, a Cho'Gall and a tank. And if that's the case, you can get a ton, and I mean a ton, of value from Manticore. Even if you have gone, W build for the rest of your talents. So some people maybe fall into the thinking of, well, you know, if I'm going to take Manticore, I need to build Creed of the Hunter at four, and I need to build, you know, Death Dealer at uh, seven. And that's really just not true. Um, at 16, Manticore is still effective. You should be able to get three auto attacks on on tanks very easily. And it's, it, it reinforces Vala's ability to s- position safely and just focus the tank, right? So she already is good at this throughout the game. And then all of a sudden, you add... 5% of their maximum health and a character like Diablo or Cho'Gall or Asmodon, like 5% additional damage is a chunk and that can't be undersold as well. So Manticore is, if I deviate, it's usually to Manticore and um, there is a place for Seething Hatred, I suppose, that makes your basic attacks grant two stacks of hatred instead, but... Good valid players are going to have a lot of experience uh, keeping their hatred stacks up already, and it's not going to be an issue about stacking up your hatred twice as fast. Uh, you're you're going to know when a fight's coming. You're going to start stacking up hatred either on the enemy walls or creeps or even the tank, and uh, you're just going to you're going to sit on your W until you know that you have enough hatred stacks to really make a count. And so I'm going to downsell. I'm going to downplay seething hatred. I'm going to say a hun- like I really r- recommend frost shot at this level. And then Manticore, if you find yourself uh, really needing to burn down a tank or having a hard time. Uh, like maybe there's a Nuvarak in your face the whole game. And you just, you're just you never going to be attacking the back line. You're always going to have to get to the front line. Uh, you're really going to get a lot of value, I think, out of Manticore. Uh,
0: jumping right into 20, unless Calvin has any
1: questions about the 16. No, I talents. think that was a
0: really great rundown for level 16. Um, yeah, just because of all those other options. Like, yeah, there's a place for Manticore. But in general, you know building on the W is just going to be really beneficial, and I think the only times you would deviate was exactly the situation you said, when um, there are a lot of really high health pool frontline heroes, because that also means that the enemy team just has less overall damage, right? Right. Um, And the thing about building into the W, adding that range um, and the width, like maybe it sounds like you're making it easier on yourself, and you might think that that's like the, because it's a lower skill level way to play, lower, air quotes, lower skill level way to play, because, you know, Manticore takes a little bit more skill. Um, you might think that maybe Manticore is better, but really, um, Dreadnought mentions this all the time, but burden of, burden of execution. I feel like I've said that so many times in other conversations, but the easier you make it on yourself, the better you can play overall, because it allows you to focus on your positioning, It allows you to keep track of your teammates and your enemies' movements. um, And overall, just be a little bit more focused in the game. Um, Because, like, you know, think think about your brain kind of like a computer, you can only dedicate so much memory to each thing. Right? that's You're
1: very true. And sometimes with Mandigore you can find yourself in the trap of maybe getting two auto attacks off on a tank and really going like, you know, it's, you know, it's a waste of trade if I don't get this third auto attack. And you find yourself putting yourself out of position just to get that little bit of bonus damage. Whereas Froshhot allows you to poke from from that much further distance, mm-hmm. hit the back line and the front line without having to go out of position. And it's just undeniably, in my opinion, the best uh, talent at the at the tier. So jumping into twenty, um, I stay straight away personally. I stray away from the heroic buffs. Um, I don't often to take strafe, so maybe siphons a good, a good choice. But I don't think so personally. Um, it really always boils down to me: of, Am I dying a lot? Is my frontline doing a good job? And uh, if the answer is yes. And you know, I guess those things are at ends of each other. <laughs> if I'm dying a lot and I feel like I'm not safe, I'm gonna take far flight quiver, which increases basic attack range. Um, by 2.2, which, I guess, if you're not super familiar with, like, the ranges, uh, each, how what each point of range is, just know that 2.2 is a lot. It makes your attack range, uh, I think, as as far as, if not further than Raynor's. It's which is further than Raynor's. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it becomes, yeah. You would have to be a very poor Heroes of the Storm player to position poorly with Firefly, Quiver, and that, Because, like, you can literally... Just poke from the safest distance possible. And it's valid, right? Like it's not like something you can ignore. They have to extend so far to stop you from doing what you're doing.
0: Right. Um, I think it's roughly the distance of like one of Li Ming's spells. So Yes. That's a huge yeah. range. And imagine since you're a sustained damage hero, if you can keep doing damage like that, that's just gonna whittle away at the enemy and it'll force them to engage harder and possibly in situations that might not be in their favor. So you're just right. constantly exerting that pressure on the enemy front line. Okay, yeah, 100%
1: agree. And so, Far Flight, Quiver, just a safe bet.
0: Um, never
1: the bad choice, right? Far Flight, Quiver, you'll never go, man, I wish I wouldn't I I wish I would have ta- uh, taken it. So, however, um, if I feel like I'm playing really well, you know, my micro's on point, my team's doing a great job of keeping me alive, there's a lot of CC out there, uh, Rancor really just amps up Val to just the next level. Um, you don't even need to go with Creed of the Hunter, and um, so it increases uh, your attack speed per stack of Patriot by 2%, um, so already you're up to 20%, and then you throw in the, uh, at 10 stacks, you get an additional 30% attack speed, so it's a 50% attack buff. Um, I'm, br- I'm briefly going to just look over here at uh, Rhaegar for a, for a point of reference, like, if you go Bloodlust, you get 40% attack speed. So, for the duration that Valor has ten stacks of hatred, she has more attack speed than Bloodlust. Um, that, that, to me, that's just ri- ridiculous. However, it keeps her at that short attack range, and you have to position well. But otherwise, you can just be uh, really dominating the field. You know, if, especially if you've got Manticore. Oh my gosh, you are getting those third attacks. So you can just watch tanks melt in front of your eyes. Right. They are forced. They are forced to focus Valor or lose the team fight. Pretty much that's what it gets down to with Raincore, And so then, it, it, so then you have to ask yourself, will they be able to get to me? Will I be able to position safely? Will I survive? If the answer is yes, I think Raincore is definitely the more, da- you know, the talent that gives you the most damage potential.
0: Right. Um, so, so when would you, Let, let's put some actual hero examples behind this. So sure. uh, what heroes would you say you would take the range versus what heroes would you say you'd take the damage? Uh, all okay. other things kept consistent. So let's say you're going against, if the enemy team had a really strong engaged comp, so that would be like a Tyrael, Butcher, Zarya, for example. Um, Yeah,
1: more importantly, like a Varian, right? If if, if it's a Varian with Taunt, I really want to stay out of that range Mm -hmm. of his charge with Taunt combo. flight gives you plenty of cushion to do that, whereas her auto attack range is about the range of Varian's charge. So... Uh, Diablo Charge, same thing, right? If you have far flight quiver, Diablo's not getting to you, like unless he is really committed or he's mounted up and he like runs to you. Um, so that's I guess a good example of like, you know, by the time you get to twenty, you'll have a feel of how the game's going. You'll have a feel about how effective they've been up to that point and getting to you. You know, th- there's not a lot of heroes, like, with the exception of maybe like Zeratul, who after twenty maybe they were having trouble killing you, but then they can kill you. Um, in the back line, I should say. A lot of people get a buff at, at 20, don't get me wrong, but I mean, usually you'll know what players to look out for. Are they doing a good job of getting to you? And, uh, it, it's gotta be a feel thing at 20. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you feel like you've been able to get a lot of auto-tag damage and maybe that you have a, like, an Arthas or somebody they have to get through, great time to take Rancor. Um, if you have an Arthas on your team and you got a solid front line or a Johanna who's playing well, um... Or if you know if they're if you're not really afraid of their point and click burst, you know if it's something someone like you're playing against an enemy KT, you you might think, well, it's a KT, maybe I want to take far flight. But if you're moving positioning well and dodging skill shots, that KT is going to do literally nothing to you. And uh, if you dodge, if you sidestep a convection, and you're not in range of the W unless the KT is way out of position then you'll be able to essentially be dealing tons of damage to the enemy team while the KT has to focus the tank. And unlike Vala, KTs don't necessarily want to focus the tank in team fights. Um, So that's another thing where Vala can force the enemy team to play differently. Um, And if if they're not going to play in a a way that they're going to shut down the enemy Vala, they better have somebody who can survive a ton of Vala poke. Um, And uh, that's kind of why I really like taking Rancor. Because it it, it maximizes what I was just saying. Like, it maximizes that she took Rancor. Um, You know, there's other situations maybe that come to mind off the top of my head where you look at the talent choices and you go, wow, that hero took this talent rather than the one that kept them alive. We need to punish them for that, Mm -hmm. right? So it'd be like if a Malfurion didn't take Ice Block. Hey, Malf didn't take Ice Block at 13. He's got to be the target. Uh, Same thing with Jaina at 20. Like, I guess there's just, uh, or maybe uh, Naziba takes superstition and you're like a lead Maker. You, know, you, you, you look at the talents and you go, wow, they didn't take Far Flight. In this case, we're talking about Vala, she didn't take Far Flight. She took Rancor. We need to punish her for that. When she gets in range, we got to jump on her. We can't let her just auto down our tank because nobody at that point can really survive that burst. So, or not really burst per se. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on her level 20 talents. Um, it really lends itself to team fighting well. And so uh, then some Tempered by Discipline on that Rancor, and your sustain starts getting crazy.
0: Definitely. Um, let's transition into what heroes would go well with Vala. Because like on that note, taking Rancor at level 20, I feel like Vala is already a great complement to Oriol. Or I guess I should say is a great complement to Vala. Add on that extra damage, you're providing a lot more energy for that Oriol. So do you want to explain a little bit more why Oriole uh, yeah. works well with Vala?
1: So the way that Oriole and Vala should be played together, um, people think about like Oriole and Goldan, right? Because it's sustained damage. Oriel has constantly got that that hope. Or I, can't, I think it's called hope, just like pouring in um, that she uses to cast her heals. So the way that you're going to want to synergize with Oriol and Vala is um, Vala is constantly auto attacking at a high attack rate, and she's going to build up Oriol's health. And then um, if the Vala or the Oriole, you know, if they're on the same page and they play a lot together, what you're going to see is the Oriole throw out a heal. Valet is instantly gonna W the enemy team, and that will almost always give her another full uh, Hope heal. And you know, a, a mistake maybe a lot of Orioles make is as they get to full health, uh, you know, because the Bala has just been auto attacking, getting free trades and pokes. Maybe she'll throw out a Q. Uh, the Oriole will just kind of sit on that. And as Valas, sometimes I'll be waiting, right? I'll be waiting for an Oriole to heal maybe the tank, our tank who's taken some poke before I throw out a W because I know that, um, you know, you don't want to be, I could be generating that much more hope for her, but if she's already sitting in almost full, um, you know, so that's kind of where I'll sit on my W. I wait to cast that after she's emptied her hope pool and it'll. Book Pump her right back up to another full heal, and so that really makes her good because unlike you know certain other heroes, that Oriole is known to synergize well with. Ariel. Uh, Valor can be both sustained damage to keep her uh, hopeful as well as she can sit on a nice you know ten stack hatred arsenal equipped multi shot into a team, which is another full heal for the Oriole. So that's pretty sweet actually. Um, also, she synergizes with Tassadar. It's, pretty, it's a pretty common, like, yeah, Valid Tassadar. It's almost like vanilla now. Everyone kind of expects it. And Blizzard's doing their best to nerf shields. Uh, as of late, I still think that the, the, the any any sort of sustain and burst mitigation you give to Vala is just, you know, there's no trading with Vala if she's got a Tassadar. It's pretty much the moral of the story. Um, as far as other heroes that she synergizes really well with, I'm almost always going Raid of Vengeance. So uh, pretty much any hero that uh, corrals the enemy team, whether it's a Leorician Tomb or a Johanna Condemn even, it doesn't necessarily have to be an ult, uh, a Gravabomb, uh, Jaina, Ring of Frost, anything that just, like, group CCs hard... It is so easy for Vala to follow up with a stack of you know of rain of vengeance, and um, the stun doesn't seem very long, but the damage is real. Like uh, it really, it really, it's 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 a nice it's a nice follow up. Two hundred and fifty damage at level ten. That only gets better, you know, moving on. And um, having two charges means oftentimes there's a slow going on in there, and you'll be able to get two charges down, and that's you know. Uh, I think that that's kind of like a wombo potential that Vala has and uh, just kind of synergize well with other groups, C- AOE CC, uh, team, uh teammates. Uh, so I'm just trying to brainstorm here other situations where Vala might just be particularly effective. Um, burning down objectives we went over probably in the first half. Uh, I don't think that you need to go Q-build to do that personally. Uh, a lot of people like to go Q-build on like Battlefield of Eternity. or. But myself, I just, I like having, I think she does plenty of damage on her own, you know. Uh, so that's really areas where she shines. Burning down tanks, um, it used to be Tychus. I think that there's a reason we've seen an, a, a, a boost in Vala Pick and competitive play, is they're trying to nerf Tychus and Vala while not having that percentage of HP damage until 16. Um I think that she does enough sustained damage from distance that they think that she can maybe replace Tychus. Um, and that's I think that's being played out if you look at the numbers for what professional teams are taking
0: in, in all regions. Uh, right. Vala is highly contested in all of them. Um, yeah, why don't yeah. we uh, discuss mana efficiency, like when we should be using Vala's abilities? Because, um, you know, I, I feel like it'd be very easy to just QW right away. Yeah. Should you be staggering them at all? Like, which ones are more ex- mana expensive yeah. or useful? Yeah, so that's uh, that is a great
1: that's a great question, right? So, uh, and the truth of the matter is shot and hungry Arrow are almost the same. I think hungry hungry Arrow is 60 mana and Multishot is 75. So, um, most heroes, like, especially like, for instance, Jaina, when she goes Q-Build or KT, um, to you know, in their own way, they're very mana dependent, and they take a lot of knowledge, just MOBA experience, to manage mana well. That's a, that is a uh, a skill that transfers across all MOBAs and per, all games that require have mana in general. Mana management is a thing. Vala, that level one talent, we went into this in depth in the first half. Hot pursuit makes it one of the most forgiving heroes in the game for just being able to spam constantly your abilities, um, I, and that. But that really ties into your ability to keep your hatred stacks up. If you're getting zoned out of lane and you know it, and and so you're having a hard time keeping your ten hatred stacks up, obviously I think that that's a sign that you should maybe sit on some of your spells, wait for the wait for your zero tool or your ETC to roam, and then when they come into the lane, then you blow up, then you blow up your mana. Because another thing I think a lot I see a lot of players do, and maybe they take that for granted, is. Um, vault is essentially as much mana as one of her damage spells so a lot of people will maybe position poorly knowing they have a vault and then they'll vault away after maybe throwing so you go in there you w and you q aggressively and then you vault away like you've just used up a good chunk of her mana pool right there and uh, if you don't have 10 hatred stacks that's not going to get a lot of value for you and um i think it's important to know just don't necessarily vault sit on that vault unless you need it to escape or to if you know it's going to secure a kill uh, I know it's fun to be that demon hunter and vault around the map and have a good time, but uh, when you're talking about mana management, throwing that vault out, I, I'm remembering the first half. I discussed maybe when you see like that Malfurion on throwing out entangling roots all the time. Yeah, you might land that root, but if there's no follow-up and the enemy doesn't die, what did you get for that? You know, like is that mana going to be better used elsewhere? When down the road we're contesting an objective and you're out of mana. So it's kind of one of those things with Vala as well, and I guess that's a trend for all heroes. And this is Heroes 101, so I understand the need to maybe specify like how important it is to keep track of your mana, know when the map objectives are coming up, you know, it's Sky Temple, uh, you know, where's the next spot going to be? Do I have mana for this fight, or it's Cursed Hollow? Uh, it's been a while since the curse is coming up. Uh, should I blow all my mana in lane clearing creeps, or should I just take a little bit longer and auto-attack them down? Um, not only does that build up my mana but it means that I'll have mana for the impending team fight and those are the sort of things that um, you know really separate you know kind of lower yellow players from high yellow players so they're ready when the team fights are coming they don't have to go oh hey everybody I know that we're about to contest the temple but uh, I got it back for mana you know and Valla is blessed to be able to still do a lot of auto attack damage even with low mana but uh, you know
0: you're not gonna be able to get away with that if you're playing KT for instance so definitely Uh, so Especially going back to the conversation about clearing minion waves, for example... Oh, hello! (laughs) Hey! Hey babe! Hey, uh, so that's my girlfriend. Um, Just going home from work. Uh, But uh, what were you saying, Calvin? Oh yeah, so I was was gonna say, uh, sometimes you don't necessarily want to clear minion waves with your W, for example. Like, you don't want to clear really fast because if you're sitting at maybe like a third of your mana, you want to take your time, auto-attack those minions individually. Especially starting with the back minions, just to start regenerating right. your mana.
1: No, absolutely. No, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, not only that, but maybe like around level 13, you'll have tempered by discipline, and maybe you'll want to just top off your health pool, right? Mm-hmm. Save save your support from having to throw a heal your way as you guys go into the team fight, because you've, you've come to the fight with full health. Um, and not only that, yeah, it keeps your, keeps your hatred up. Like, Infernal Shrines is a great example of a map where... The objectives are really close to lane, same with, um, Dragonshire, same with Sky Temple. And a good Vala will be, uh, maybe, like, doing a little bit of poke and harass against enemy heroes, uh, while you're contesting the objective. And then if there's a little lull in the fight, she'll quickly, like, run down to lane and throw off an auto attack or two, just to keep those hatred stacks at at 10. And, you know, a lot of people don't, and the build kind of lends itself to that, obviously. You get the, you get the lifesteal, um, and then you can also have punishment, which, there's a big difference, um, When you have 10 stacks of hatred or not and you throw out that w if you and you have that punishment at level four like uh it feels like your your nuke is is definitely hurting the enemy and they gotta watch out for it uh so you really will increase your damage overall and having that movement speed buff there's just so much of our kit is based around your ability to sit at 10 stacks of hatred and um uh that's really a feel thing i can you know, Like I said, keep it up on like the walls that are left after you bring down a tower and there's still that little chunk of wall, throw off an auto attack every now and then. It's one of my pet peeves is when I'm trying to keep up 10 stacks of hatred and my team runs in and they're like, look, I'll burn down the wall, guys. Like, I get it. It's fun. And that, that's great. But if I would have left that wallet for maybe another 30 seconds, every right as my hatred's about to run out, I'll throw out an auto attack and keep it up. So that's kind of something to know. If you have a wallet on your team, don't blow up the walls. Let her do it. Right. Same with the creeps. Same with the creeps. Plus thirteen, it. I don't it, unless it's like we need to clear the wave fast, like you're on two the Spider Queen, and you need to like rotate. Let the Vala do it. She keeps her hatred stacks up. She regenerates mana, and um, after thirteen, she's healing herself. So, just uh, something to think about uh, if you're not playing Vala and you have one on your team and you'd like to maximize her potential.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just want to go over one more uh, section before you know we hop off because it's kind of getting close to the end here. Um, but you kind of touched on this already. Which maps would you draft Vala um, in particular, I guess you could say? So you mentioned Inferno Shrines, uh, Sky Temple, and Dragonshire for the reason that the objectives are so close to the lane that Vala is able to pop in and out, utilize the minions, and also participate in the objective.
1: Yeah, and, and maps, yeah, pretty much you can throw Braxis into there, Battlefield of any maps where. Uh, you know, in Battlefield of Eternity you could say, Hey Nick, there's not a lot of creeps nearby. Uh, you're right. But the difference is even though you may not have a hard may you may have a hard time keeping hatred stacks up, uh, Battlefield of Eternity lends itself to a very long team fight uh, as you're contesting, switching off from offense, switching over to defense. Same thing with Raxis holdout. So uh, it's you know, those beacons there's usually gonna be a long team fight over those beacons, and that's where Valor really shines. And she, remember, she keeps her mana up, as well as those those Beacons are pretty close to the lane, so she's able to keep her Hatred stacks up. So don't forget to throw Braxis into the mix. Um, uh, not so much Garden of Terror. I'm trying to think of, now I'm trying to think about maps where she doesn't really shine. Um, Towers of Doom, she does pretty well. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of biased in this regard. <laughs> I play a lot of Ala, and so I, I'm, I, I'm confident taking her into almost any situation. Um, but there are situations where she doesn't get very much effectiveness. Uh, she's not very good against players like Tracer. Tracer can really give her a hard time. She's gonna have a hard time landing her Q. Uh, Reign of Vengeance obviously is gonna take a while, and uh, most Tracers are just gonna either blink or recall before the stun lands. Uh, you may get a nice W off, um, and that's a ch- that's half of Tracer's health, uh, just not any amount of hatred stacks. But uh, Tracer can give her a hard time. Uh, other heroes that give her a hard time: Johanna, obviously high health pool and she's able to mitigate a lot of her poke with Iron Skin, That's I think it's her Iron Skin, and yeah. then she can blind you, kind of rough. Lele blinds you, and it wasn't always the case, I believe, but in recent patches, when you're blind, you don't get to keep your Hatred stacks up. So uh, a good Lele, or just a good blind in general, can really derail a good Vala's uh, play. I, I really hate playing against uh, Artanis, Suppression Field, or Pulse. Suppression Pulse can, essentially makes Vala just about not only say worthless, but pretty worthless uh, for four or five seconds. That's a long blind, and it doesn't take a lot to land that, and there's not a lot as Vala you can do to avoid it. Um, so think about the enemy team's blinds. Uh, Cassia is a new hero, which I don't have a ton of, of experience playing against, but the few times I have played against her, she has really given me a hard time. Not only does she blind Vala, but a lot of Vala's you know, damage is auto attack damage, and when Cassia is moving, that's just about nullified. And so. Obviously, her multi-shot still does a really good amount of damage to Cassia, as well as a Q if you land it. But that's uh, so just something to think about. Enemy blinds are good. Um, Zera tools can be tricky. Uh, save your vault, right? Especially if they're good. And when you get to higher ELos, when you start playing with talented players, uh, if you're if they see a Vala, they're gonna like, be like, wait, maybe we shouldn't go in on that Vala. And then if they see the Vala vault for any reason, it's it's you'd be surprised at how fast a team will instantly collapse on you. You may not be out of position but they'll see you use that vault for whatever reason. And then all of a sudden they're going to be gunning for you. Cause they're, they're going to know, like, uh, you know, uh, Lee Ming's got a pretty short cooldown on vault, but vault's like 10 second cooldown. So uh, Lee Ming has a short cooldown on blink. So it's not as bad, but vault has a 10 second cooldown and that's more time than any, most teams will need to jump on you. Um, so that's something to think about as well. I guess when you're playing Vala is sit on that vault. I very rarely use it offensively unless I know I'm safe, uh, save it for defense. Um, trying to think of other ways that maybe Bala will have a hard time. Uh, yeah, you know what? I pretty much feel like I covered it. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, always, well, that's, yeah. that's also all the time we have for Heroes Perfect. for this Heroes one-on-one session. So once again, I'm Commander Chu. Uh, this is Heroes Specifics. Thank you so much for being on this episode. Um, and thank you, listening, uh, for being a part of the Nexus Raiders community. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a patron by going uh. to Patreon.com slash Nexus Raiders, and setting up a monthly pledge. You know, every dollar truly counts and helps keep the community going, especially with all these new partners and programs we're trying to launch with other content creators and other streamers. We're really trying to support the Heroes community, and by you supporting us, it enables us to do that better. Um, a huge yeah. thank you to all of our patrons for making this series possible, and just a reminder to... Check your emails for the private link to this session, or also just go on Patreon.com. You'll see uh, a patrons-only post. Um, Yeah, we'll send you in an email a link to the session's video and a downloadable MP3 as well. Um, That's all we have for today. So good luck, have fun, and never game alone. Never game alone. Yeah.